You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about classic movies. Now, today's episode is a little bit special. Uh, we're talking about a movie that both was in theaters recently and is a certified classic. Uh, today's movie is Avatar. Now, by the time this episode has come out, the two-week engagement of Avatar in theaters will have ended, which is certainly a bit of a shame because, wow, this movie in theaters, especially in that two-week engagement, was really something. Uh, You're going to hear me and Pierre uh, just marvel about it for probably close to an hour. And, wow, it is just... Look, like there's a lot to there's a lot to dislike about Avatar for sure, but there's an awful lot to like about it, and we get into that in much more detail than I just did over the course of this episode, and I hope that you will uh, find our commentary enlightening. Now, the the two week engagement also came with a little bit of a preview of Avatar: The Way of the Water which is another movie that we plan to talk about at length when it comes out this December. But you are going to hear a little bit of that preview at the end. If you are not not cool with that, if you think that's spoilers, uh, you know, skip the ending of this. I don't think we put a spoiler warning before that. I don't think there is a spoiler warning in this because for the most part, this is a, uh, this is an episode about a 12 and a half year old movie. So keep that in mind. If you don't want to be spoiled before Avatar, just go watch it. It's on Disney+, Plus, but as you will hear us say, you really should try and find the opportunity to see this in theaters. It's, it's a really special experience, and I hope that us talking about Avatar is also a really special experience. Here is some music by James Horner um, from the soundtrack to Avatar. It's the theme song. Here it is. Listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. This is episode number 369 or something. I don't know. That's probably not even true. I'm just saying words at this point. But uh, today we are. This is interesting because usually we talk about movies that just come out that, that just came out. But today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about a classic movie. Um, but here's the interesting thing: when in the past we have talked about a classic movie, it's been one that you know. We have to like search up the DVD or we got to watch it on Netflix or it's like from four from from 60 years ago. This movie did just come out in theaters because it was just recently re-released, but it is also a modern classic. We're going to talk about 2009's Avatar by James Cameron. I am joined, as always, by Pierre. Pierre, how are you doing? Pierre's doing great because I just saw Avatar 
In theaters. Heck yeah. I didn't see it in IMAX, though. I was a little disappointed. Um, I, uh, I bought, like, the, I bought the ticket to see this with the most suffixes I could. Like, you know, the theater near oh, me yeah. offers <laughs> something called D-Box. It offers something called 4DX. It offers 3D. It offers all these things. I just picked the one with the most words after the name. And unfortunately, one of those words was not IMAX. I missed the IMAX version. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the same boat. That's good. I might, I honestly yeah. might rewatch it in IMAX next week if it's still out. I don't, I'm thinking about it. Because. I'm not going to lie, like I'm tempted. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, this is a spoiler, I guess, in my review, but I like the movie a lot. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, but I got to ask you the one question that every single person always asks every other person about Avatar. Yeah. Can you name the main character of this movie? I can, yeah. It's Jake Sully. I remember because they say his name in such a funny way in the in the novel. Yeah, I yeah. I wouldn't have remembered it otherwise, I'm gonna be honest. But. I don't know, like for me, I was watching that movie, I'm like like before it started, I was like, Oh, this is the movie about Jake Sully. I was like, I mean, I don't know why people think it's such a hard name to remember. I, just, I, I never thought it was that such difficult. a basic name, honestly. Like there's he, nothing special okay, about so the name, like, but I guess it's kind of the point too. I don't know. We'll kind of get into this, I'm sure, but like there is a lot. I love this movie. Like it's it's fantastic, mm. but there is a lot that is like pretty generic about it at certain levels. It's it's really complicated to say that because it's like this movie is not a generic movie, but it's but there's a lot. There's a lot of elements of it that are pretty boilerplate, I guess. Pretty basic. Yeah, it's... And, like, it has a basic white protagonist. It's a movie that um, definitely... It, it took the idea of... Because I feel like a lot of, like, great movies have been done with basic plots that a lot of people can, um, you know, familiarize themselves with and uh, feel mm-hmm. compassion for... Uh, but then they also push boundaries in other ways, right? So, I mean, Star Wars had a very basic plot, um, like the basic hero's journey. I mean, you could argue, I feel like some people say it like almost created the idea of the hero's journey in in movies. Um, I don't, like, I think there's something to that argument. Because while I don't think it's fully true, like the hero's journey is purposely extremely vague so that it applies to basically everything. Yeah. But I think Star Wars may have been the first like movie of that scale that was designed specifically around it. Like George Lucas mm-hmm. was knowingly playing into the hero's journey on like not like just it just happened. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely happened before. I think he was the first to to really popularize it, I guess, and bring it towards such a large audience, which I think definitely had an impact. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Avatar is just a relatively basic plot with some liberties and lots of imagination in terms of the world and the technology behind it. Everyone knows that, I mean. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think despite that, like, I remember thinking... Uh, like the my, the thing I was dreading the most going into the Avatar again was I think a lot of people the first time they saw it uh, looked at who's the main actor again. It's also a very generic Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. <laughs> they looked at Sam Worthington and they were like, 
they were like, oh, this is like an up and comer. He's going to do a lot of stuff in the future. Like he was in the just in the biggest movie of all time. Uh, and then his career kind of went nowhere because he can't really act. Um, in my, what do you mean he, it went nowhere? My, he was in Cake. He was in Cake and Clash of the Titans. I'm sorry. And uh, Terminator Salvation, I think. Oh, right? man. Yeah. You're right. That is, that, movie. that is one for three. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I think so. I think going back into this, I was like, okay, like now that I know that this guy can't act, am I going to go into this and have a lot more trouble with it? Um, but he, 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 like, he he actually shows showed a lot of potential here too. Like he wasn't as generic as I thought he'd be, and none of the characters were honestly like they're all very stereotypical, I guess. But they were all fun stereotypes that, um, like I I just wish we got more time with them. Honestly, that was the only problem I had. Mm-hmm. And it's already a really long movie. Yeah, so. like they're all they're all archetypes of their characters. Like. You know, Michelle Rodriguez, I don't remember her name, but like, I see. <laughs> uh, you know, her her character was, you know, badass helicopter pilot, which I've seen in plenty of movies, but she does it really well. And I remember her for it. Yeah. I just don't remember her character's name because I'm bad at names. Actually, yeah, I can't remember. Unless it. your name is Jake Sully. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember any of the names, but I know, uh, I know all the characters and I thought they were all strong characters. Um, except for like a couple that again, just, I think needed more screen time. Um, yeah, I, I guess we're skipping. What, what is this movie about Jeff? Uh, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like everyone knows, yeah. but I might, might as well like avatar. So it's a movie where a bunch of people go to space. Uh, they go to a earth, like it, I feel like it's an earth, like moon. Like, it's not even technically the planet. I think it's a satellite of a way bigger planet. I'm not 100% certain of that. Yeah, there was when like they a show Jupiter, it in the beginning, that's what it looks like. There's a Jupiter-looking yeah. planet. I think it's it's probably inspired by the idea of uh, what they say. I think there's a moon on Jupiter that they theorize might have water or something, but they haven't checked it out Oh, yet. Europa? Yeah, it's either Europe. Is it uh, Titan's Saturn, right? Titan's the other one I've heard of. That's around Saturn. I think, I think. Titan might be Saturn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think Europa. Anyway, they go to an Earth-like moon that has um, that's like super green, really nice, and they're there to collect something called unobtainium. Uh, and they're like, it's it's not like U.S. government or any world government or anything like that. It's like a private company goes there. They're a mining company to like mine this moon for unobtainium, and uh, as part of their mining operation. They have to deal with the fact that there are there is a uh, native species on the planet. Um, they're all very tall blue people, and they're humanoids, um, and they are extremely tough to kill, but also uh, they don't care that much about the unobtainium. So the main idea uh, is that the mining company has to keep the has to keep the blue people at bay, the Navi, and um, ideally just like keep them out of the way while they mine for this precious mineral. And as part of that, they've developed something called an avatar program where humans pilot Navi bodies uh, and interact with the natives in their native language, sometimes in English. The natives have learned some English by this point. Um, 
And yeah, it's about that. Uh, Jake Sully is one of the people who is involved in the Avatar program uh, after his brother dies. His brother was super into it. He has the same genome, so he can do it, but he doesn't know anything about it, so he's kind of an audience surrogate. And um, as he interacts with the Na'vi, he starts to uh, he starts to relate more to them than to the mining company, and eventually, like a fight breaks out, and uh, he has to choose his allegiance. Did I summarize that pretty good? Like, Basically, I I feel. I feel like I left out a bunch, but at the same time, I also left out nothing. Yeah, there's, you, you, I mean, you could, you could talk about the whole plot and add everything, but it's a, it's, it's a long movie, so we'd be here, I think, a while. Yeah, this is almost three hours long. I think the actual theatrical showing that's happening right now is three hours long because it includes like a lot of after credits. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like it though. It's a very well paced movie. Um, yeah i I almost want to say it has like a four act structure too or maybe just a really long third act i'm not sure how to describe it because it feels like there's two low points in the movie where um uh like the the first time the tree dies i thought that was the end of the second act but then i kind of thought when sigourney weaver died that was also kind of like it felt like another turning point, if that makes sense too. I don't know. I, I feel like it might have a different plot structure than most movies. Um, I kind of. I think end. you're kind of. I think you're right there. Like that that like, that lull between the between Sigourney Weaver because that that felt like the low point for Jake Sully's character. Um, but then the 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 true like worldwide and low point was when the tree died you know so it was kind of interesting how they did that yeah and like the last the last two of those three acts are like war has broken out people are fighting but they're like very there's like two full parts to that fight that are like very distinct in the same way because like the first part of that ends with the tree dying yeah but like that's after the first low point, right? Yeah. Wait. Wait. What's the first low point? Didn't you say that was where Sigourney Weaver dies? That was after. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I got things because that would it would have made more sense if I think then it would have felt more traditional if the tree died. I think afterwards, mm-hmm. or when if she died during it. But I was really surprised. Like, it took a while to kill her off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's like kind of. Um, out of, I guess outside the point, but yeah, it's a it's a really great movie. It holds up. I think it it's coming out at the perfect time too because we've seen um like the, I mean the first thing I mentioned after this movie was it looked amazing. Like I cannot believe. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was the true. Like I really wish Hollywood went more this way. Um, I think some movies were kind of inspired by like you could look at like planet of the apes and i think um they took a lot of inspiration from avatar obviously um Mm -hmm. but a lot of movies took like the the green screen production of the prequel movies and took it too far if that makes sense and now we're at a very low point in the industry where everything's using massive amounts of green screen um and then like i literally like the first thing i thought of when watching this movie was thor love and thunder because thor love and thunder 
is also massively green screen like Avatar, but it literally looks like a high school play at a lot of points. Whereas, you know, Avatar, which came out 13 years earlier, it there's a couple scenes where like the CGI look kind of off, but other than that, it's like flawless. I I could not yeah. believe it. I guess like it was remastered for the 2022 release, but Even also so, though, like not not by that much. Like it's not like it was completely overhauled or anything. Yeah, it's uh, it was good, and I don't know how much of that is due to like maybe 3D works even better with like green screen technology or something. I have no idea how like like why ex- or like why exactly it looks so much better, but like um, I don't know. I, I still feel like I really hope like at the Avatar sequels provide a more cement cementing like this is how movies have to be made from now on. If you are going to make movies mm-hmm. like that, you know, um, because it's just, it's, it's just on another level compared to everything else. We still like, we still see. And then we saw there's, there's the, we saw the preview for Avatar 2 uh, in the credits and that looks even more insane. Like I, I mean like, yeah, I remember I was watching this in theaters and I was like, wow, this movie has really held up. This is like really good. I don't know how you can make movies that look better than this. And then the yeah. and then the like sh- the the footage from Avatar two played and I was like, okay, yeah. that's how you can make movies that look better than this. Oh my god! Yeah, because I guess they were filming in water for those scenes too, which I I do not understand how that works. Like I, w- I mean James Cameron, man. I know well, exactly. Well, that's that's the thing. He's uh, I mean we were talking a bit about James Cameron before this, but I uh i definitely think or i already said this too but he's he's like top five if not like the most influential filmmaker that's still alive right now um Mm -hmm. in terms of pushing really pushing the the ideas of movies forward even though like i guess he hasn't gotten as much credit as i think he could have gotten for a lot of the advances i think like i think like a lot of the problem I think the reason that he's not maybe as obviously influential as he could be is that James Cameron, at least in the 2000s, has been pretty far outside the public eye. Mm -hmm. Because, like, not entirely. Like, he's still kind of a celebrity. People know the name. But, like, he hasn't made a movie in 13 years. The last movie that he made, Avatar... You will never, you will never hear me saying that movie's not good, but it's got like there's an entire culture of disliking Avatar, <laughs> and mostly for the reason that, I mean, straight up, Avatar is not the most original story, and the screenplay and story of it is not perfect. It's not sure, yeah. horrible, but it's not like that's not what the good part of the movie it's is. It's very certain, and so is what I would say. Yeah. But the thing is, too, that, like, like I said, that's not what the good part of the movie is. The movie is incredible for all its technical reasons and for the directing and stuff like that. But I certainly know a lot of a lot of my own friends who, like, they care about the story of a movie and that's kind of it. And that's totally valid. It's just that, like, the story of Avatar is not necessarily anything special. No. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, even like the. I also want to say the world building too isn't even that special technically. I think. I mean, the 
It is, though. I love the world building in this movie. But, like, it's not obvious special. It feels like, okay, I'm not going to lie, I was watching it. All the Pandora animals are just alien versions of what we have here, you know. This isn't, it was all, and you know, like the forest, like everything visual. I think like they added visual layers to it of imagination and stuff. Um, But like, yeah, from what I can tell, like there was just like alien hyena, alien cougar, alien rhinoceros. They're all, they're all designed beautifully, you know. Um, The only, the only thing I really liked was that pterodactyl thing. Uh, Mm. That was the only animal that felt like, okay, this isn't something we'd see on earth. Yeah, but I think what I like about the what I like about the world building is like the way that they characterize the forest as like an the entire world mm-hmm. is a life form, which I think is pretty cool. Um, the way that animals can communicate with each other just like by syncing up their brains, mm-hmm. like through the that, that is through, cool, through yeah. the little yeah. There's there's a lot of really cool elements to the world building that I am very excited to explore in other sequels. Like, I think Avatar 1 is a fantastic... Like, I'm really glad I rewatched this because uh, I think it's... I think it's legitimately a great start for a potentially incredible series. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's what... James Cameron's at an interesting point where he's, like... I think he's, like, early 70s now. Uh, no, eight, oh late God, 60s, sorry. Late 60s. I I, <laughs> I I overestimated that by a lot. I, th- I was thinking George Lucas, I think. I think George Lucas is like 75 now. If not older. Um, but yeah, you know, James he, Cameron is 68. James Cameron's getting up there. And uh, I was reading this thing, I think on Reddit, where someone was saying, this seems like James Cameron, he's done everything except have the, like, the big franchise, you know? Like, I think... Like I, the other two people I would compare him to in terms of like legacy and influences like Spielberg and Lucas, um, mm-hmm. in terms like in terms of I, like in terms of their influence on the industry and I, you know I think George George has Star Wars, and Steven Spielberg has like I mean you could <laughs> he has an insane amount of franchise like he's he's I mean, made he's got Indiana Jones he's got Jurassic Park, Park he's got Jaws he's got he's got He's he's the <clears throat> defining force in alien movies. Not like the movie Alien, but oh. he did E.T. and Close Encounters of a Third Kind, which are like the template for every alien movie that isn't based on alien. Yeah. And there's like the generic, like everyone knows, like Spielberg, there's the thing called the Spielberg movie, which is like, yeah, like everyone knows about that. He has a lot of very similar themes in his movies, but so... You know, he's big. And then, so James Cameron, I feel, because he's his career is weird in that he's made some standalone movies. He's made, like, random seat, like, like Aliens 2, or Aliens, I guess, is such a weird yeah. movie for him, like, to imagine him going into. Um, but, I mean, he made it work, but, like, you know, Aliens will never, Alien will never be his franchise, you know. And Terminator, mm-hmm. while I think really big, wasn't, like, I think it's like really well known in pop culture, but like it's still like an R-rated like like horror slash like it's like it, it was never huge. It's not internationally huge, you know. Um, and Avatar, I mean, it, 
Uh, oh, I mean, like Terminator is internationally huge, but I think, but like, it's not, it's not a big blockbuster. Like, it almost feels like an indie movie. It, well, I mean, it wasn't. I think it either. was kind of an indie movie. The first one was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then also he only made two of those. Like, it wasn't really a. The, the rest are kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, he did produce the rest for what that's worth. That so he kind of has it's a almost worse. <laughs> it, like. See, yeah, yeah, it's not better, but the reason I say that as an important distinction is like I don't I think Steven Spielberg only directed one Jurassic Park, didn't he? And I he still gave him the in- two of them, I guess, but yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, he directed two of them and I still said he's got that franchise. Like he he, he doesn't actually. He only produced the rest. Yeah. Rest. No, but, but like I James I, Cameron, you could give him Terminator. I I could, yeah. I just I still don't see it as it's not like a family friendly blockbuster that everyone it's like, I'd yeah. say it's like much bigger. It's an American movie um, that, yeah. that American adults will watch and not much else, even though okay, everyone knows enough. it. Whereas avatar is like his chance at like a worldwide blockbuster for all ages that everyone can enjoy. Um, and I, I mean, I, it seems like he's going to do it because he's got two in the, I mean, he's got I, two more in the bag right now. Yeah, and he's he's working, like, I think he's at least started on five. I don't know if he started shooting, Abbott, but, like... Yeah, I, I think he wrote it. He's wrote all of them. Because um, okay. I know he started filming four recently, I heard. Okay. So. And, like, insane. I, I definitely remember hearing... Like, the first time I heard that they were going to make a sequel to Avatar and, like... I don't know, probably 2010 is when I heard it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. And then like when I heard that for the 18th time in <laughs> 2016, I'm like, okay, I still believe you, but is that going to make a difference? Do people still care? And I think that, well, one, they just re-released the movie, so good job. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yes, yes, people do care, which is crazy to me because Avatar, the first one had a lot of potential and showed me like I am interested in being back in that world, mm. but also like it doesn't have the obvious franchise elements that something like a Marvel movie does, or you know even Jurassic Park. I'm gonna say Jurassic Park two, but like it's like it's not obvious how this must become a franchise. It's fairly standalone. It's got a cool world, so you can see another movie coming out. But like ten years later, it's like I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't seem it doesn't seem obvious ten years later. Well, but yeah, this is, yeah. I remember watching it. I never thought it needed a sequel when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then actually watching it this time, it made a lot of sense. Like I was like, he literally says the the like the CEO guy says this isn't over. I was like, oh. I didn't remember that the first time. It's like the only line I was like, um, it feels really obvious, but yeah. But also like, I got, so like, I remember reading about this movie well before it came out, probably in like 2005 or something, mm. because I'd read something in like uh, a bathroom reader or something. I read it and it said, James Cameron wanted to make a movie called Pandora in the nineties, but he decided not to because the technology wasn't there. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty neat. I hope he gets to make that movie. <laughs> that movie clearly became Avatar. Yeah. And like, I, so. I love that, like, you know, some directors will have their their passion, 
when directors get to make their passion project, it's always interesting to see what happens. Cause like for some directors, it's a biopic for a lot of directors. It's a biopic actually like David Fincher got to make Mank, Andrew Dominic got to make blonde, which is not really a biopic, but does feature real people. And like other people have these other passion projects projects. I really respect that James Cameron's passion project is like the biggest franchise of all time. What he wants to do is make the biggest, most visually impressive franchise of all time and nothing less. And by God, I hope he makes it. Like, I hope it works out. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I love about um, about him is that he's, like, he's he's only making, I mean, I, I feel like part of it is that, like, you know, he's getting older and he has so much money. I think he's, like, a, he's probably, like, like, a sensitive millionaire or whatever you would call it now. He's he's made a lot of money. He does not need to keep making movies in any way. Um, if nothing else, he gets to boss around his. He gets to boss around studios. Yeah, right. like there's a yeah there's there's like an interview that he gave where he was like, I was talking about, I was I was getting ready for something in Avatar, and the studios were like, Can you cut this back? And he's like, No, dude, I made Titanic. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I, I think Titanic was like his his free pass for everything you know because it's like who mm. who in the which who in the world could have made like a, a romance on a ship both the most expensive movie of all time and also the highest grossing movie of all time and it's, and it's three hours long and it's three hours long which is it's just it blows my like so yeah i feel like after after titanic he was just like I will work on something if I want to, and I will get anything I want for it. And I'll only do it if I can make it perfect. And he can make it perfect because he's James Cameron and not, no one can really tell him no at this point. So, um, so yeah, no, I really liked how like, cause I, you, you said he was planning this movie for a while, but he waited, I think he made Titanic. He, he planned this out like before Titanic, right? I think you said um, like for I the plot believe- for Pandora or whatever. So I read that he had planned it out before Titanic. Uh, reading a little more in preparation for this episode, he originally planned to shoot it directly after P- Titanic. Like he had originally planned Avatar for I think a 1999 release, mm-hmm. or at the very least a 1999 like shooting. But then he stopped because he's like, no, it's we can't do it yet. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm really happy he waited because he he really clinched it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You want to talk about the, the some of the characters more and stuff? Dude, who's your favorite character? <laughs> yeah, should we? Um, I mean, I always loved Giovanni Ribisi. So, like, I thought he was good in this. I think that, like, so Giovanni Ribisi gets to play the, uh, he gets to play the bad guy. And, like, he's not subtle. Like, I think he literally says at one point, killing natives is a bad look. And it's like, yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> um yeah i love that like uh this it reminds me a little bit of a movie that have you i want you've probably seen it the guy who did district nine did his follow-up to that movie was called elysium and Mm. it is the least subtle movie i have ever seen like it's it's about uh it's about like all the rich people go to space uh a place called elysium which is like a halo above the above the earth and like 
at one point. So it's all about Matt Damon, who's not a rich person. And he flies to Elysium and they literally call him and his group illegal aliens. And I'm like, ah, they said it. I get it. I understand the thing they're saying. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But like Giovanni Ribisi is an extremely obvious mustache twirling villain in this. And like, I kind of love him for it. Uh, So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's my favorite. That's probably my favorite character in this movie. That's what fair. about you? I, I wish he had more time. I, I'm because like other than yeah. other than like he, he provided a lot of exposition and like the main motivation for a lot of the characters, but he didn't really have to do much himself, you know. Um, but you know, he was great. I, I personally, I mean, okay, Sigourney Weaver. I think she like in a lot of ways saved this movie because she was or not. I, sh- I shouldn't say save, but she she added so much to this movie because. I mean, a Sigourney Weaver, right? Like she, she just has so much personality that she brings into her role, and it just works perfectly. Like it's mm-hmm. perfect casting. Um, I actually like Sam Worthington. I think what works so well about him is that it's like ironic because he's so lame as himself. You know, like he's 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 absurdly boring as a character when he's him, but then he, when he turns when he goes into his avatar body it's like he's reborn and i think it works so well for mm-hmm. the character because like for some reason he can act much better when he's 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 got the mocap on um mm-hmm. or maybe it's just james cameron directed him that way but he's like he added so much to the character i was surprised i didn't think i'd care much about him but he, he really it does is, yeah well. he does like he does like really feel like a different person in in his mocap body because like yeah i don't know he's he's like he's kind of boring in person but then when he, when you translate that into a like when he gets the opportunity to be this fish out of water audience surrogate character but also he's an alien mm. that's super cool it's like really it's, it's really exciting to see yeah it really well it worked well for him um, I think my favorite character though was Stephen Stephen Lang's uh, Colonel character. <laughs> I, he's fantastic. Yeah, he, he's just so. Uh, I mean, it's like kind of the same thing with your pick. Uh, he he's just so absurdly evil, and like it's hilarious. But then also, it reminds me a lot of. Um, I loved watching the Emperor in uh, in Star Wars because of how he absurdly evil he was and steven steven lang was kind of the same way where he's like this really he's the very generic army general that mm-hmm. is just perfectly content killing people um and he just plays it really well i don't know it's a very very simple character but he does it very well really early on into the movie he says this thing that i thought was like it reminded it, it reminded me of something super weird because he says like it is my job to keep you alive on Pandora. I will not succeed. <laughs> and that so like weirdly enough that reminded me of my very first day at university. Uh, I went to I had an eight o'clock chemistry class that I uh, I I dropped it the next day. But like that eight o'clock chemistry tech class, I went in. The chemistry teacher comes up and she's like. This is a very hard course. 50% of you will fail. And I was like, okay, well, you're not going to do your job. I'm not going to do mine. I'm going to leave and go to a different class. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a great, he just, he didn't care. He, he didn't care about life, which I think, you know, worked mm-hmm. really well. Um, who else was there? I mean, 
Actually, that's kind of it on it. Was, it was the only really big character. What did you think? Oh, no, it was Zoe Zaldana. What did you think of the Navi? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's unfortunate that, like, again, like, a lot... A lot of the movie did focus on world building. I really wish we got more character interactions between like the two the two races, if that makes sense. It's mostly just between Jake and I think it's Natiri, right, or something yes. like that. Um, and even they, like I, I can't think of many moments. A lot of their moments are like through her teaching him about their ways, but I feel like we never actually see them talk, like and like understand each other if that makes sense and it works for the movie i think that's fine but like um she's she doesn't get much in this movie i think she'll get much more in the sequels but her role was that of you know teaching jake basically i think i think this movie suffers from its screenplay a lot or like from its story because the story is the story kind of forces everyone into roles that are a little confining. Like the fact that we only see that most of the characterization we get from Neytiri is Neytiri teaching Jake mm-hmm. is because like that needs to happen at some point. And there's just not much time for anything else. Cause it's a almost three hour movie, which is why I think this movie works so good. Uh, so well as a base for what could be an incredible franchise. Like mm-hmm. in like, as soon as we get into avatar two, we're now, um, as soon as we get into Avatar 2, we're now entirely untethered from the, uh, from the requirement of humans are coming into a new planet and colonizing the planet. It's like, that can still be a theme, but it now no longer has to be. Like, you can now make the movie about just about anything at that point. And I'm excited to see where Cameron goes with it, because... Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that, like, in Avatars 2, 3, 4, 5, which, however many there are, like, he's already confirmed there are human characters, but, like, the Na'vi will be much more important, or, like, we're gonna get a lot more of the Na'vi than we did even in this movie, where, like, it's not like we didn't get any of the Na'vi, it's just that we didn't get any of the Na'vi in the context of only Na'vi. Yeah, yeah, it was much more human human-centric movie i guess um with learning about the navi is kind of like it was a very very baseline knowledge of them um but uh i was gonna say yeah i think i don't know like i like there's definitely like like in terms of screenplay there's an insane amount of exposition at the start um Again, not enough like dialogue scenes. I think a lot of the characters could have had more dialogue to really understand them. Uh, I think I really, I thought, I personally thought the, what what is what what is the the planet being called? Like the spirit, the spirit of the planet, or whatever. It's like I do or something. I think I something like that. Um, but it's like it's 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 all about balance, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a deus ex machina at the end, even though they set it up in terms of Jake's asking for help from I do. I still think the, the, the insane amount of animals that just conveniently show up to, uh, destroy, oh, yeah. destroy all this, all the, all the 
all the machines was like very generic and like it didn't really feel earned at all because I thought the point was that like they even set up the idea that the I I do is like it's it's about balance but it's it doesn't take sides it doesn't influence anything it's just observed you know um mm -hmm. so the fact that <laughs> the planet starts fighting back like well, specifically like maybe it'd be more realistic if like they were fighting and then a huge surge of monsters like killed both navi and humans i could like maybe understand it more but the idea that the planet itself helped defend them was like a little weird i don't know felt a little much i mean for what it's worth, they did also set up the idea that the planet is like a brain and can communicate with everything else on the planet. It, I guess, it's, it still doesn't work as a a plot line. It doesn't. No, feel it still earned. felt. Um, it went. It still felt very much like a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, sure. it might have felt better too because I noticed. I thought it was really weird that in the middle of that fight scene, once the animals start attacking, we don't see any other Navi. It's like they all died. Um. The, oh, the yeah. only other ones we the only ones we see uh, after after the animals attack are Jake and uh, um, Natiri. So like it 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 definitely felt weird for the scale to be shrunken that much because um, they had like they said they had like two thousand Navi group up and then we see them fight for like five minutes and then they don't just they don't appear again for some reason. So um, yeah. But those are like I don't know that those are some eye rolling moments, but again I guess it's I mean like I it's a very I think it's it's kind of weird because James Cameron isn't really known for corny elements like I think if this was a Star Wars movie like I feel like it would be more accepted but for some reason Avatar is because it's the highest grossing movie of all time it's seen as like more of a and it's directed by James Cameron it's seen as more of like a pillar of of like it should have a great script but the thing is like even a lot of his other movies had really corny elements. Like Titanic is insanely corny. There's so much. There's a lot of overlooked stuff there that like that was really. Bad. I mean, like this isn't this isn't making excuse like no. Just because a movie is the highest grossing movie of all time does not mean it has to have a great script. And like I think this movie script is it's it's passable. Like that's and that's. I guess that's kind of all it needs to be. I don't want to make excuses for James Cameron because yes, the way to improve this movie would be through a better script. But also like this movie isn't... When I went to see Avatar, I loved it and I didn't love it for the script. Like yeah. this is one of the... This is the finest looking movie I've maybe ever seen. It is <clears throat> really well directed. Like the performances are very cliched but they are perfect for what they are like mm -hmm. james cameron put together a really good movie he could have put together a better one if he had a better script sure yeah but like yeah that's that's not making excuses for james cameron it's just like the fact that it's the best the fact that it's the highest grossing movie of all time definitely doesn't mean it's the best yeah. movie. Of all really time. we're saying it's unfortunate I'm sure James Cameron's so sad at it up being the highest grossing movie of all time because now it's judged unfairly. Yeah. yeah it's un really unfortunate. <laughs> um, Did this movie actually, like, this movie was very briefly not the highest grossing movie of all time. Did it become the highest grossing movie of all time? Again, again? yeah. I think Endgame, okay. Endgame beat it, but it was also on a re-release. Um, so, like, it's very iffy. I mean, I... 
I'm not gonna lie. I still can. I would always consider Avatar to be the highest grossing movie. I think like it did. It did so much better at because like Endgame had like years of hype before it, and it also had the international market has grown insanely, insanely far since 2009. Um, and apparently, Avatar is very big in China, but it wasn't even that available in China at the time. So like, oh weird. Um, like it only. I think it only made like. 150 million in china whereas i think now it could easily make like 500 million or something if it's released there so like yeah and i don't know i think avatar 2 is gonna make a ton of money too but um also as of april 6th if i'm reading this correctly uh avatar is still the highest grossing film of all time yeah okay i'm not sure if that's as of april 6th or if that's more current than that but like I would assume if at any point between April 6th and now it dipped, it went back up because it had a very successful re-release just (laughs) now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's a, I don't even know what else to say. Honestly, it's, it's a great movie. Um, I think like, so there is, um, there is something that, uh, I'll, I'll link to the episode that you said on that you and Rachel said on your episode that you were on ContraZoom. Um, where you were talking about, uh, I think you were talking about Christopher Nolan and Rachel said like, Christopher Nolan is an influential director. It's just that his influence, he's influencing people who are coming up through the, through the, uh, through the industry now, Mm -hmm. like in a few years, we're going to see, you know, they're going to interview successful directors and they'll be like, oh yeah, my favorite director as a kid was Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm excited to, I think Avatar may be something like the same way. Like we already have lots of directors who are working now and successful. They're like, yeah, James Cameron, Terminator, Terminator 2, Aliens, fantastic. Inspired me as a kid. I think, and I kind of hope that Avatar is going to do the same thing in a few years. Like the people who are currently inspired by James Cameron and like uh, the, the filmmakers currently inspired by James Cameron probably are not as inspired by Avatar as they are by something a little bit older than that. But I think that Avatar and the eventual franchise now is going to be very influential going forward, especially because like technically this movie is unbeaten. Like there's nothing that looks as good as seamlessly as Avatar does. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I... My biggest hope is that, like, it's not even, like, like, um, in terms of, like, directors, like, looking up to Christopher Nolan. I, I just really, I mean, sorry, uh, James Cameron. I just really hope the industry shifts. Because I, I see it as, like, um, George Lucas did insane things where he, the first Star Wars basically changed the idea of what a blockbuster could be or what it could look like, right? Um, and how to make them. And then he did the same thing with the prequels. Even though the prequels don't look that great <laughs> and they were not well received, it had a massive effect on the industry because everything now is filmed on green screen. Um, and he, it's all because of him, in my opinion. He was the first to do it on that scale. Uh, and I really hope James Cameron can truly cement home. Because it's like the first Avatar brought in the idea of mocap on a bigger scale and in, in like CGI worlds. Um, and uh, well, there's another thing I was going to say. Oh, and 3d. 
3D filmmaking, right? And none, like, it's like none of those things truly caught on on like the level I think he was hoping for. And it's it's like he's coming back and he's like, I'm gonna show like because every there was so many 3D movies after, and there's so many like mocap and CGI movies like on that scale, but they all like very few of them actually looked anywhere close to the level he did it at. So it's like he's coming back and he's like, I'm going to, because all that stuff kind of died out, or at least 3D died out immensely. And green screen technology is like looking as bad as it ever, like worse than it ever has. So it's like he's coming back and he's like, I'm going to show you guys, I'm going to make a huge franchise and do it the right way. With I'm going to show you how to film in 3D and underwater. Like he's like, he's like upping it a level too. And I'm going to show you how to actually make a franchise and create a world using cgi you know and mocap and i really hope it's like it's it's, i think it's the same thing with uh it reminds me a lot of top gun honestly the top gun maverick because i think that's going to have a huge effect too where everyone a movie was so big because people just want to go to the movies to experience like an event you know and top gun maverick also had a pretty bad script like it did it wasn't a bad script it was a serviceable script it had very generic characters um but it it was an experience and avatar was an experience and i really hope that avatars two three four and five will finally change the landscape of of cinema because uh you know i think we're at we're at a time where we really people really need a reason to go to the theaters and he's he's providing that experience you cannot deny that avatar you can't like, I, I don't think I, I know anyone that would say I'd rather watch Avatar at home than in the cinemas. Because it's like, you can't. It's not the same experience. And he's going to I mean, prove that. we were talking about this. We were talking about this right before we started recording. And like, yeah, I think I, I think I, I don't know if I said it in these words, but I think I told you, like, I wasn't going to watch this movie on Disney Plus for this episode. No. Like, so if, if I had if one of us had just not made it to the, to the theater for this, for, for avatar, I don't think we'd be doing this episode just cause like, why? Yeah, you can't. It's like funny. we're not, ta- we're not here to talk about avatar on Disney plus. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you can literally put that, like you could do two reviews of this movie and it'd probably be different. If I watched it on Disney plus. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have liked it that much. Honestly. Like if someone, anyone who watched this movie, like, if the first time you saw this movie was in 2016 on a streaming service and you didn't like it, I get it because you missed the part, the important part of the movie. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I really hope it does change and it does influence. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. And uh, you'll hear it here first. Cause I think it's like, if we're doing podcast episodes that long, we're going to talk about every Avatar movie on this show. Yeah, I, I plan Starting to. with Avatar 2 around Christmas. Yeah. Well, what did you... Do you want to talk quickly about that clip that they showed? At the sure, end of the movie? sure. Well, what did What'd you think of it? I mean, it looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Like, I think I... I mean, I already said it this episode, but like, you know, I, throughout the whole movie, I was like, Wow. CGI really can look incredible. Like, I don't know what's been going on in movies since then, because since Avatar came out, because this is still the best CGI I've seen maybe in any movie. 
And then at the end, they showed a special clip from Avatar The Way of the Water. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. it looks even better. Yeah. And like the underwater shots, the there's a big whale that looks sick. But more importantly, like the thing that got me is like the shading on the skin of that character that they have at the end is like so much more natural than even in Avatar. And in Avatar, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. And in Avatar 2, it looks like they just brought a Na'vi off of some alien planet to film him in the water. Yeah. And, like, obviously they didn't. I can tell that it's CGI, but, like, only because I know it has to be CGI. Yeah. I, uh... I, I, because I... I think I mentioned this earlier too, but there was a couple shots. I was really looking for flaws in, in Avatar, but like I was looking for flaws in the CGI just to see. There was a, and even looking, there was only a couple scenes that like it looked, I kind of got the Uncanny Valley thing. Um, That that scene in Avatar 2 looked insane. I don't understand how they can do mocap underwater and have it look that convincing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a shot from the trailer where like some water splashes on uh i think a Navi's hand and it 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 looks insanely it looks more life like than like if you were to shoot it with a camera if that makes sense like it's insane um mm. yeah I'm, I'm very excited and it's i think that was their son so i think it'll be really interesting i, I think so I, like i don't i don't i don't want to be racist but he was speaking english so i'm just going to assume he's their <laughs> son um well i'm i'm interested to see how it how it like progresses because obviously the navi have an entire language i think this is a this is a trivia fact that might be false but i'm pretty sure that one of the people who was instrumental in developing the navi language is a linguistics professor from ubc okanagan actually i think i read um, that too it was either avatar or man of steel or both i can't remember it might have been both yeah. i i know it was man of steel mm -hmm. i think it was also avatar mm -hmm. um but anyway uh, what I was saying is, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see where they go because what a lot of movies will do uh, when the characters aren't, are all speaking a different language is they'll just translate everything to English. And like, if Avatar 2 featured only Navi characters, I would kind of expect them to do the same thing. But I'm pretty sure that all the Avatar movies feature some human characters, and those human characters are realistically going to all be speaking English. Mm. So I, I, I wonder how it's going to be. Like, what's the split going to be? Is it going to be mostly Navi? Is it going to be mostly English? Is it going to be some weird hybrid where when it's only Navi, they just speak English because we're gonna, assumed to be translating? Yeah. I'm curious. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of interesting world building questions. I think I'm, I'm mostly excited to see how Earth reacts to this. I think that's going to be really cool because I wonder if Earth sees this as a threat, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then they send, they don't just send like a company back. They send like an actual like military force. Um, yeah, they don't just send Giovanni Ribisi. They send <laughs> Mecha Ribisi. <laughs> He's like Iron Man or something. Um, or the Terminator. Oh, that'd be cool. Imagine that. Like, they send the Terminator. <laughs> I think that if Avatar 5 ended with a huge Terminator reference, I would lose all respect for James Cameron. <laughs> it's like, he waited 20 years like, just to troll us. <laughs> it was all leading up to a Terminator here's, reference. Here's a guy who has done... I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's profited from nostalgia, but like... 
has not made his entire career about nostalgia. And then there's a Terminator reference. We'll see. We can only hope Avatar 3 bombs, and then he rewrites Avatar 4 to include include Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator that is sent by Earth (laughs) to take revenge on the Navi. I hope that when James Cameron is 80, he's like, all right, I've done all five Terminator movies. Or I've done all five Avatar movies. Time for, I don't know, Let's make Terminator 3, but this time it's my Terminator 3. That would be amazing. I actually have always dreamed of that. That'd be cool. Uh, Even though Terminator 2 is a really great ending. um, Yeah. What would you rate this movie? Sorry. Avatar? It's like... It's tough to rate. Probably like a 9 out of 10. It's, It's really tough to rate because I say a 9 out of 10, but like, as I've said, I have reservations about the script. It's just that that's not the important part of the movie. Like this movie is so good for other reasons. Yeah. That like, yeah, I, I still think I think it's a nine out of ten. I mean, I'll say a soft nine. Yeah, I was I was soft gonna say like an eight point five. It's is lot lots of eye rolling moments, um, questionable decisions, but there's very few movies that make me go wow. Um, in the it, in the words of Harry Styles, it felt like a movie, like a, a real go to the real theater movie. movie. Unlike "Don't Worry, Darling," which did not feel like, a movie, ironically enough, that was not a real go to the theater not, movie. I say, having gone, I could have watched that like in the bath on my phone. <laughs> I probably would have enjoyed it. Oh, more. don't worry, darling, not Avatar. The, the Dune method, they call yeah. it. <laughs> what is it? Wait, what was the? Is that is that? Are you referencing David Lynch? No, Denis Villeneuve was like, it's like watching, it's like piloting a speedboat in your bathtub, watching Dune on a streaming service. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, because I I remember seeing this clip where David Lynch talks about watching movies on your phone and he actually like, the idea of it disgusts him. Like he cannot believe that. And he would, if, if, if he could, he would ban anyone from watching his movies on any mobile device. I think (laughs) it infuriated him. Can can we get David Lynch to come on the show? And what we'll do is we'll like, we'll do a live commentary track where like we'll record over Zencaster and I will pull up Mulholland drive on my phone and just hold it in front of the webcam. And then he can do a live commentary. track. Dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to like Mulholland drive is actually a movie. I would love to watch in the bath, like on my phone, because I would, that movie makes me feel so uncomfortable that to watch it again, I'd want to be in a very comfortable position in my home to enjoy it. And that would be on my phone in the back. I'm not going to lie. Ironically <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just want to say quickly to uh, James Horner, the, 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 the composer for Avatar 1 passed away, I think last year. Uh, I'm really sad he won't be returning because I, I really love to score too. I should have said that earlier, but he's and he's like he's made so many good scores, didn't he? I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, there's another score of his that I'm pretty that I love that I just want to make sure is actually him. No, it's not. It was someone else. <laughs> nice I do love a lot of his scores, though. Yeah, I, I thought it was such a good composer. Interesting. I loved how he went for a much more. Because I think with this type of movie, you could have gone for like the John Williams approach, which is a very big, big, proud score. Um, this was a very intimate score. Like it felt like this was a score of like a love movie, which it kind of was, you know, but um, mm-hmm. it was a very small, like 
intimate score, but it, it it captured the scale very well of the movie. So I don't know, rest rest in peace to James Horner. And I hope uh, the new guy, I don't I don't know his name, but I hope he can fill in those shoes very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be big shoes to fill. For sure, yeah. What is it? Who is doing the next one? Uh I had the I had the Wikipedia article here. Um Simon Avatar Franklin. the Way the Water. Never heard of this guy. Oh, he did Simon Franklin. Titanic? Wait. Oh no what? Oh, did he work with James Horner? Yes, he did. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. That was, makes sense. I was work I was looking at a lot of these. I think he was like a Okay, electronic music ranger slash composer. So he worked. He worked. I'm guessing he worked very closely with uh, James Horner on some of these scores. Yeah, because yeah. he he yeah, worked on Titanic so too. And, okay, cool. I feel a lot better now. That's good. <laughs> so like he's the new Avatar movies will definitely have. Obviously, they won't be composed by James Horner, but they're gonna feel. They're gonna have the same vibe for sure. Because like. I mean, it doesn't explicitly say that he worked on Avatar, but I'm sure he was like. Oh, it does. It says here. Oh, it does he did in work his on credits. Avatar? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, it says what he was a composer slash musician, like yeah, electronic music ranger. Okay, so he knows what's up. Yeah, I I just really hope they keep the theme too, which I I I don't see why they wouldn't if he helped make it because uh, it's a very great theme. And I would love to see mm-hmm. it return. So, yeah, cool. All right, that was, that was Avatar. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because like I was. Uh, there's another movie franchise on here that we've like, but I always think that we've talked about the whole franchise so far, but we have not. And I don't want Avatar to be one of those. I want us. I want us to actually talk about every Avatar if we can. Oh yeah. The other I, one I'm thinking about is one that uh, we'll probably return to this year. Uh, we have actually only talked about Halloween Kills. We haven't talked about the 2000 whatever I, Halloween. Yeah, movie. I really don't want to watch the last Halloween movie. I mean, I will if if that is what you implore, Jeff. But my God, I mean, it's, that it's, Halloween Kills was probably one of the worst experiences watching a movie I think I've ever had. I I am hopeful that for Halloween ends since since Halloween Kills basically just like ended the storyline that they were do, started. I just hope that Halloween Kills goes completely insane with it. Yeah, I, I'm like, it's like just I've sorry. Go ahead. I've seen like leaks that are definitely fake, but just ideas of like what could happen. They were they were framed as leaks, but like. 100% fake. One of them was like, oh, the movie literally ends with a shot of Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers hanging out on a balcony and like clinking a beer and being like, wow, we sure had some times, didn't we? <laughs> Which like, on the one hand, I hate that, but I love that no, I hate that's that. Like, like, I really want to see that. That's the only thing that could save. If I heard that was a thing and they turned it into like some cheesy like road trip adventure or something with Michael Myers in her <laughs> And she was like, Michael, while I go into the gas station bathroom, don't kill anyone while I'm gone. <laughs> like murders everyone or something. She's like, Michael, not again. Damn it, Michael. <laughs> I would actually, there's no way that's worse than what we're going to get. Um, oh, no, that would be awesome. Yeah, it would like, be, 
I I would love it if the Halloween franchise just went like just just stopped caring so if, at all if, and just did if that. If I was James Cameron and I had that much leeway in Hollywood, I would honestly do that. Like I think that would be the most legendary thing he could do. Like like maybe just don't do Avatar five, like do four, and then do like <laughs> stop the franchise and be like, I want to fill finish the the Terminator franchise or something, and then Terminator three is actually the Terminator, like being a father and raising like like uh, Linda Hamilton's son, whatever his name is. I don't know his name. John uh, Connor. John Connor. John. Yeah, Connor. like John or John Connor is going to university and or like going to his graduation prom or something and arnold's the terminator is like trying to be the dad or whatever and he's like hey like wear protection and stuff and then <laughs> early on the movie features a shot for shot recreation of the last of, of like the first shot of toy story 3 where andy leaves all his toys behind yeah. <laughs> jeez I don't know. That'd be so cool. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've heard some leaks to it. Actually, I don't know if they're true, but it actually sounds terrible. But um, yeah, I guess I guess we can watch that movie. Is it out? It All out? right. Uh, no, it's it's as of this recording, it's next week, oh, okay. which means by the time this oh, episode God, comes out, it will too. be a while ago. Oh. So like that, it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna formally like. I'm not gonna say we have to commit to it, but there's a very real chance that could be our next episode That's fair. after this one. That's fair. I, oh god, That's, I miss COVID now because at least I could have watched Halloween Kills and like in my living room and like paid half attention to it. But yeah, anyways. No, dude, you need the full Halloween ends experience. Apparently. All right. Anyway. We'll talk about Halloween some other time. Probably around, well, maybe around Halloween. Probably going to be another Christmas episode or something. The way the at the at the rate of our backlog right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, Jeff, Pierre, oh, what's the last oh word? God. Uh, <laughs> Sam Worthington. <laughs>